Hey, everybody, you got to pose in the Matrix here again. Two nights in a row, what about that, huh? It's 9.57 in the evening, and it's the 27th of May, 2021. Uh, interesting times we're living in, my friends, very interesting times. Um, years ago, well, I still listen to him once in a while, but um, I used to be a big Michael Savage fan. I'm going to take these off while I'm doing this. And... Um, I still like the guy. He's wrong sometimes. He'd never admit it, but he's wrong. But um, for the most part, he's right about about 90% of things. So anyway, um, but he's not a pompous guy like Rush Limbaugh was. You know, Rush, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was humble, but and just kidding around. But you know, talent on loan from God, and um, you know, fighting with one hand behind my back. You know, the whole nine yards. You know. I don't go for that rough-and-tumble stuff, even if it's just kidding around. Um, so anyway, I, I listened to Michael Savage for a long time. As a matter of fact, it would be like every day on the way home, because I had a 45-minute commute, and I figured, what the heck, what a better way to spend it than with Michael Savage. Um, and he always seemed to be on about the time that I was commuting. So, hey, you know. And this was in the Sacramento area, you know. I, I would pick it up from the – either I could get it from Sacramento or the Bay Area at that time. Um back when he was allowed to be in the Bay Area. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, so Michael Savage coined a phrase many years ago. He even wrote a book about it. Liberalism is a mental disorder. Okay? And uh, first of all, disclaimer, I am not here to malign liberals. I'm here to try to understand them. And I think... Um, trying to do the impossible because you can't understand it's like trying to grasp wind with your hands how do you do that or grasp water with a hand you know you can get a little bit in there but most of it trickles off and uh, i'm sure they feel the same way about conservatives okay uh, truth be told and so um i always i picked that phrase up and and you know when i i see something like that i kind of put it to a litmus test you know and to see if it, and for fact, if it's true. And um, I have noticed more often than not that it is true, quite true. I told you a story last night about a, a family where the guy, uh, the liberal grandfather, came by and threw the presents at the kids and stuff like that. Well, that was just one example. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I moved uh, up to Oregon, I moved up to Oregon to get away from California, also to marry my wife. That was the, my now wife. Uh, that was the ultimate goal. But, you know, I saw it as a dual thing, you know, and here I'd get away from California, too, and I'd maybe get out in a country where people had a nice uh, a view about things, you know, a, a sane view. Um, California, it's, it's insane down there. And... Um, so anyway, my soon-to-be wife was living in Eugene, and so I, you know, I moved in there. And I, I man, I tell you, when I came across the Oregon border, I, I noticed there was a difference in the spirit that guides the place. There, there are principalities over all areas, principalities, powers, rulers, um, and 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 it's in Ephesians six if you wanted to look it up. Um, but when I got across the border, I felt an immediate release, release from the, the California, California spirit or the Principality of California. And um, 
I felt more at ease. I felt almost like I was home. And so, you know, you drive through uh, Medford, and then you drive through Roseburg, and it's all pretty country, you know. And and then you come over, you drive a little longer, and then you get to uh, Eugene. And I got into Eugene, I had a strange feeling. First of all, I got lost. The way the streets are laid out in Eugene is insane. Um, you could go down, like, um, West First Street, for example, and you'll go so far, and then there's a field. And you can see about a quarter of a mile down through the field, and that's where First Street picks up again. Um, and it's like that all over the place, you know. It, it's it's crazy. It's, it's something I wasn't used to. Um, you know, having originally come from New Jersey and having gone to Manhattan a lot, the uh, <clears throat> the avenues go north and south, and the um, the streets go east and west. And uh, so when you tell somebody you're going to meet them at 42nd, uh, 5th Avenue and 42nd Street, you know right where you're going to be. Uh, it's kind of like a graph where you go like this, you know, just going this way and this way, and then they, they intersect. And it, it makes it real easy. So and, until you get down in the Battery Park area, and then they, the streets actually have names because that's where Wall Street is and everything. But anyway, um, so I get to Eugene, and, and I really didn't have – I didn't have a um, – uh, navigator set up so I, I took an exit <laughs> I took the first exit never just take the first exit even if you have to drive through town and come back around go to the second or third exit well anyway um, I was downtown and I made a few left turns the next thing you know I'm in the hills of South Eugene and and I'm lost and there happened to be a race going on uh, from the University of Oregon was sponsoring some kind of race and so you can't, couldn't go anywhere near downtown because all the streets were closed off and everything. And um, so I parked the truck and I, I called my fiance and I, I said, "Help me, I'm lost." And I, you know, I was kind of frazzled by then too, you know, because uh, actually, you know what? I think I'm mistaken. This is the first time I came to, to Eugene. Well, anyway, it, it's the six and a half dozen one or the other, but. Um, so finally, you know, I got a hold of her, and she didn't know where I was, so I got a hold of my then son-in-law, and um, I said, I'm lost. He said, well, he happened to be a um, sanitary engineer. It's a nice name for a garbage man. But um, he, uh, he said, well, where are you? And I told him, he goes, okay. So he, he stayed on the phone and, and got me to where I had to go, which was really nice. And... Um, but it was really confusing. And then not only are the streets confusing in Eugene, but the people are totally bizarre. Um, and, it, and there's a mixture there that, and people agree to disagree just so they could coexist down in Eugene. So you could have a block. Here, here's a, for instance, my, um, one of my relatives through my wife lives down in Eugene and she lives on this little street. And so when you come down this one street to get to her street, um, there's Black Lives Matter signs, there's gay pride signs and everything else, and then you turn onto her street and there's a little bit of sanity until you get to her house. But right after you get around, you know, you usually park there. But anyway, when we leave, we go down the other way and it makes a big loop and we go back out. Well, um, so when you go down a little bit, then you start getting the Black Lives Matter, the gay pride, the, and, and the whole nine yards, you know, and we all need to love one another. Oh, kumbaya, kumbaya. Um, like a vault. Um, so anyway, 
that's Eugene. Okay. And I don't do very good around liberals. I try. I mean, even my, my, my former uh, position as a nurse, I worked around lots of liberals. Um, liberals like to work in, in psychiatric hospitals. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because I'm going to try to be nice tonight. I'm really going to try. I may slip and I may fall. <laughs> I'm going to try to be nice. Um, so anyway, you know, there I had several encounters with liberals in Eugene and, and – uh, I didn't like the taste that was left in my mouth. I didn't eat them or anything. <laughs> I just didn't, you know, it left a bad taste in my mouth from all the all the garbage that you hear and you see and, and everything else. And if you go downtown by the college, forget it. It's like you're in communist China or something. And um, between the dope smokers and the liberals, you know, well, a lot of times they go together. But... Um, it's just amazing. It really is. And then you throw in some Wiccans and, and some just really people are just naturally strange. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a recipe for, uh, that would turn your stomach. Okay. Anyway, so I, I've been up here, um, almost 10 years now. It'll be 10 years next year. And, um, after a while, um, I told, I heard about the, um, the sheriff up here in, in Lynn County and uh, how he, he said that if um, if he was ever ordered to take away the guns from people, he would refuse that order. And I'm like, oh, that's where we need to live. You know, we need to go up there. And it's only one county up. So um, roughly, I don't know, half hour, 40 minutes from Eugene, uh, depending on where you're going in Eugene. It's a big area. But um, so we, we were looking for a church, and we, we came up and drove through Brownsville and, and decided to keep going, and we came to this little hovel of an area where we live. But um, we went down the street, and there was a church there. So we you know we looked at it and said, oh, let's go there next Sunday. So on Sunday, we went there, and it turned out to be a nice place. Um, talk about a small world. My wife actually knew the pastor. Um, so, you know, it was... Or knew of his family. I think she used to babysit uh, one of the family members that uh, the the pastor's wife um, had. Anyway, um, so we liked it. And we said, well, you know, it'd be kind of neat to, to move out here. So we left the church and made a right and went about 150, 200 feet. And there was a house for sale. And uh, we decided, hey, you know, let's look into this. And it was back then it was relatively cheap. And uh, when we found out our payments were going to be cheaper than it would be to rent anywhere, uh, we decided to pursue this house, and we got into it. And, you know, it's it's been a challenge living out here because everyone we love is far away and everything. But, you know, it still brings peace of mind to be away from all the craziness in Eugene. So then I got to jump up in Salem, and that's where, um, uh, what was I calling her yesterday? Um, and, uh, Dom and Fuhrer Brown uh, resides in, in where she her office is, and you know how most states have a, a capital with a cupola in a, a you know a dome, like like in Washington, the one in Oregon looks like a um, kind of like a an elegant uh, agitator in a washing machine, sort so to speak, or you know it look, kind of looks like a Shriner's hat too, <laughs> uh, and you know you, you could use your imagination with that one, but. Um, because I, I worked up there, not far from the Capitol, and uh, yeah, it was just 
it's not as weird as Eugene or I think it's a little more conservative, but uh, it's it's still wackadoodle up there. And I can't believe I just said that word. Um, but anyway, so where am I going? Okay, so yeah, so we're in Eugene, and uh, one of the things that I really used to like to do is uh, I'm an antagonist. <laughs> I'm gonna admit it right now. My grandfather was an antagonist, and therefore my father was an antagonist, and I grew up as an antagonist. Okay, I I, I tend to speak my mind, and I don't care what people think. And I know that a lot of that's not a um, a very nice thing for a lot of people. A lot of, and I'm and I'm sarcastic too. I um I I acquired that in New Jersey. Everything everybody's sarcastic in New Jersey, and and in a lot of areas, a lot of cities, people are like that. But so with the, the nar- with the um, sar- sarcasm and the um, antagonism, um, they didn't mix very well in Eugene. Uh, I remember going to. Uh, I think it was called, it wasn't Whole Foods, it was uh, Fresh, no, it was one of those stores where you can get all healthy stuff and everything, stores that people like me don't belong in, um, for obvious reasons, because they're populated by mainly by liberals, and uh, and conservatives that, teen, that tend to lean in a liberal direction. Um, not of all people, but that's the majority of the people that go there. Um, so anyway... I would get in line, and uh, back then they had this this thing uh, with paper bags and plastic bags, and they were eliminating plastic bags. And you know, I can understand the need for that, but you know, I don't see plastic bags bags blowing around the neighborhood and everything. I've never seen that anywhere. Um, but you know, I had to hear a spiel about how they're getting into the oceans, and I understand they are, but so do, so are pop bottles and. Um, and everything else plastic that you could possibly imagine. It's not just plastic bags. Anyway, so they were doing away with them, and then they were charging a nickel or 10 cents for a, a paper bag. And so I'm standing in line, and I've got about 10 people behind me. Um, it was busy that day. And the clerk, you know, she seemed like a nice girl, and I was talking with her, and I said, she goes, uh, do you want you want to buy a bag? And I said, no, I'm not buying into this communist manifesto crap, you know. I said, I'll, I'll put the stuff in a cart and just take it out, you know. And I'm surprised they let me take the cart out of the store, for goodness sakes. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, the, the carbon footprint from the cart, you know. <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, so I sparked her attention. And she, she goes, oh, and I said, yeah, I said, you know, you know what kills me? I said, all these liberals for years, and when I was a kid, you know, they were trying to do away with plastic bags or paper bags because we were killing all the trees. We were killing all the trees, and the plastic and the paper bags were responsible for that, supposedly. And uh, so then they went to plastic bags to save the trees. And I said, now what they're doing is they're getting rid of the plastic and making you pay a nickel, so I guess it's okay to kill a tree if you pay a nickel. You know, and she she agreed with me, and I go, please don't agree with me. I said, you'll get in trouble. Just let me talk. And and I finished, and, and I could feel the liberals behind me seething. I think if they had torches and pitchforks, they would have chased me out to my car. Um, it was amazing. But, they, you know, liberals are brave to a ex- certain extent. And I'm kind of a big guy, and if, you know, they took me on, I probably would prevail. Um because liberals are usually little string beans, you know, these little string bean people, 
you know, that almost look anorexic for the most part. I mean, there, there's some heavier ones, but uh, um, most of them that, that are feel brave enough to um, pipe out or pipe their opinion um, are usually little string bean geek pe- kind of people that you could probably snap in half very easily. I would never do that, but, you know, it just seems that way. Um, so we finally got out of Eugene. And we moved here, and it's nice because everybody's um, country folk. You know, some people would use the term redneck. Um, I don't think that's very respectful. I know I used it last night on the show, but I just did that to kind of give you an idea of what the area was like. But uh, And, you know, we've got problems out here. We've got drugs out here. Um, meth is a big thing in this county. And uh, But uh, where we live, there's not a lot of theft or anything, so that's good. But anyway... Um, where am I going with this? Okay, liberals, mental disorder. Okay. Um, so anyway, I, was, I used to listen to Michael Savage, and he came out with this, and Ann Coulter kind of picked up this uh, this phrase, and a lot of people ascribe it to her, but it's a Michael Savage phrase. He, he made it up, and he wrote a book about it, Liberalism is a Mental Disorder. So please, if you're going to use it, give the credit to Michael Savage, okay? Um, not Ann Coulter. I like Ann Coulter, but, you know, she didn't come up with it. She used it, but she didn't come up with it. Um, so anyway, over the last nine years or so, or even down in California, I would observe people, especially liberals, to see if they act out, if they're, um, psychotic or narcissistic or sociopath or psychopath, or if they're a um, borderline personality or something like that. And, um, I'm going to tell you that the majority of the time, um, I would say 80 to 85% of the time it, it bears out. And I'm not making those numbers up, okay? There are more crazy liberals than there are sane ones. And sometimes it doesn't manifest. Sometimes it comes out because of stress. Sometimes it um, it comes out because they're fed up like when Trump got elected, you know. Boy, they really came out of the closet when that happened, didn't they? Um but, you know, when Obama was in office and we all stayed quiet, you know, uh, you know, there's a big difference between liberals down here and conservatives up here. We we tend to take the higher road when it comes to things, um, but they let it all hang out. And uh, that's not always a good thing to do because things that hang out often get cut off. Um, so anyway, uh, I bring this up because... The last couple, well, I used the, I, yesterday in yesterday's show, I talked about a guy in a pharmacy up in Portland. And in Portland, just, I mean, the, the, the city's motto is keep Portland weird. Okay. Uh, that kind of gives you an idea of what Portland's like. And, uh, it's not a place that I want to be very, very often. Uh, doctor's appointments or going to the airport, you know, that's a different story. But, uh, just let them stay up there and let me stay here and everything will be fine. Okay. So, um, so you know, there was the guy in the pharmacy, and you know, I, how dare you talk to somebody like that? You know, <laughs> come in there like all cavalier and telling the guy to put his mask up, and uh, you know, there's a lot of us that are asthmatic and everything else, and those masks, you know, after a little while, you just got to take a breath, no matter where you are, you know, and and if this vaccine works the way it's supposed to, why why is everybody worried about it? If it's supposed to keep you from getting COVID, then, and you got the shot, then you should be free as a lark to be around everybody. 
you know. Now I wear a mask because I'm afraid of the people that are shedding it. And I got an excellent idea for a flag if somebody wants to make one up. It kind of be like the um, the don't tread on me flag. You can use the rattlesnake, you know, or you can use the I think they call it the Gadsden flag. It's got all the red and white stripes and it's got the snake on it. It says don't tread on me. Both of them say don't tread on me. But we can make a flag or a bumper sticker or something that says don't shed on me. And you know you can have like a uh, you know the either the yellow flag or the striped flag, and you can have a face with a guy with a mask on it or something like that, with um, little COVID spike particles floating all over the place. It's uh, I'm not an artist, so I can't draw something like that up. But I I wish kind of wish I was artistic sometimes. But uh, you can't be everything, I guess. I'm I'm much more left brain than I am right, and uh, and I'm glad. <laughs> but um, anyway. So this morning uh, we we went to Eugene. My wife had an appointment at the dentist, and every time I go down there, I'm like, "Please, Lord, don't let me run into any liberals." You know, well, that's like, you know, walking into a forest and asking the Lord that you don't run into any trees. You know, it's um, so we get there, and I'm sitting in there. We were actually able to go in there together big milestone in Oregon when you can go into a doctor's office together. Wow. Remember freedom? Um, anyway, so we're sitting there. My wife gets called back and, you know, they're doing her thing with her teeth and stuff. And, um, this woman walks in and you could tell cause she's got an air about her and she could tell right from the minute she came through the door, she was troubled. So she walks up to the counter and the woman says, can I help you? And she says, yes, I'd like some toothpaste. You know. And so, you know, now looking at it from the clerk's point of view, the clerk doesn't know who this woman is. Okay. So that she just says, and, and maybe for, for customers, there's a discount, you know, when it comes to buying toothpaste. So she asks, she says, am I a patient? Or she says, are you a patient? And the woman goes, yes, I'm patient. And I am patient. And uh, I can't remember what else she said. Um, I am patient. And um, and she said something else kind of smart, Alec. And I'm like, Lord, you didn't hear my prayer. I don't want to be around people like this today, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I I have to. You know, I I got to learn to calm down and not get so excited, excited and upset. And uh, so, you know, she did her thing, and then she left, and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. You know, why, why, why? Um, so, anyway, um, and it just brought back the guy in the airport. It brought back a bunch of things in Eugene, and it was a trigger for me, I guess. And I just, so I just got onto the cell phone and um, and browsed around the Internet for a while before, I, and so I could forget about it and, um and ask the Lord for to forgive me for getting upset about it, you know, and uh, and and just reflected that it could have been much much worse. I could have said something, and it could have really developed into something. Because you'll find that women liberals are not as timid as men liberals. They're not afraid to speak their mind. Okay, it's a it's a female feature that's inherent. A lot of women are not afraid to speak their mind. It's the guys will kind of keep quiet, but women tend to, you know, and that's that's a strength that women have. But um, and it's a nice strength if it's used in the right way, and it's a bad strength if it's used in the wrong way. Um, so anyway, I, 
And I said, well, I said, you know, I was thinking about doing a radio show tonight, show tonight and, you know, here, now I got a topic. <laughs> so maybe he did hear my prayer. You know, he, he let it happen so I'd have a topic. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't mean to cast um, a, a diagnose. I can't diagnose anyway, but I can't form an I don't want to form an opinion that all liberals are psychotic or sociopathic or or narcissistic or or borderlines, but um, it's just like any population in the entire world. You know, there there are good people and bad people in that population, and I've met some nice liberals. I really have, but I've worked with some really bad ones too. Um, there was this nurse I worked with. Oh, the guy was a schlemiel, um, diehard liberal, diehard union fanatic, and. And everything else, and uh, when Obama was in office, everything was fine. But the minute Trump got elected, my God, and he was always one to tell me that you know you, you shouldn't talk about politics in the workplace. Well, when when Trump got elected, that's all he did was talk about politics in the workplace. Finally, I had to complain about him because he wouldn't shut up, and um, and and the patients didn't care for it either because as strange as it sounds, a lot of patients that are that I I dealt with are, are conservative in nature, so. Um, I've run into Christians too that are, you know, have problems uh, up here, but they're um, they're conservative, and uh, so that's been pretty neat. It's kind of a paradox, I guess, but um, because the liberals that are psychotic and should be in there, and some of the patients I ran into were psychotic and should not be in there. If you know what I mean, you know. Speaking of from a political point of view, anyway. Excuse me. Little agita. Um, so anyway, I decided tonight to look into this. And, you know, I've, I didn't go through Google because that's a waste of time. So I went to DuckDuckGo and, and I typed in liberalism as a mental disorder. And I found a whole bunch of stuff. I was really surprised. And uh, so we're going to look at some of it tonight. And these are scientific studies that were done. Um using numbers and I guess double blind tests and everything else to to see if in fact this is just a, a fantasy or a, a bad tradition or or if it's true and uh, by golly I'm, I'm telling you other people have, have actually done conducted polls and done studies on these things and and as it turns out um, there are some things to be said for this theory um, and that might not be a theory that much. It might actually be a, a numeric law or a, or a scientific law, for that matter. Um, no one will ever understand how the liberal mind works. Uh, I don't. I don't think liberals even understand how their mind works. They just. I don't think they think about their mind. Actually, they think about their opinion. They think about their feelings. They think about um, how everybody's. They, they focus on what people are doing wrong and not necessarily on what people are doing right. Have you ever heard a, a liberal speaker come out and say, hey, I want to just give the credit to this person here because they did this and it was right. No, it's always riding in the streets. It's always protest in the streets. It's always um, people on your your alphabet news stations that are, you know, and then you got that those morons that are on late night television 
uh, Jimmy Kimmel and, and others like him that, uh, you know, that you could tell they'd never worked a day, an honest day in their life and uh, that uh, criticism and uh, ridicule of people is how they make their money. And uh, that's totally wrong, and, you know, someday they'll have to answer for that. Uh, before uh, the great, um, the great judge, and uh, oh well, that's 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 their problem, I guess, right? Everybody's got a chance to straighten out, and if they don't, uh, it kind of reminds me of I, another thing I notice about liberals is like they never grew up. Okay, they they grew up in stature, they grew up in. Um, you know, they, they aged just like the rest of us, and um, but they they don't age up here. It's like at a certain time in their teenage life, they stopped growing, and it's a shame. It really is. You know, I, I know people that, you know, let's be honest here. When I got into my 20s, I didn't think like when I was a teenager. When I got into my 30s, I didn't think like I was a 20-year-old. When I got into my 40s, I matured a little more. When I got into my 50s, I matured more, and, and hopefully I've matured more in my 60s. And But I see liberals that are my age, and they've got hair halfway down their back. And if you like a long hair, that's fine. I, I just see you're supposed to progress as you get older. Okay, and you lose, you put away the childish things, the things of the past, and you you move towards more more towards maturity, and and um, and that also brings if if, if they, everything's working right here and in here, um, you know that brings uh, more gentleness, more um, giving people the benefit of the doubt, um, and all things like that, you know, and and. It's just a shame when you when you see 60-year-old men acting like teenagers, you know. Grow up, for goodness sakes. You're not a teenager anymore. Uh, get with the program, you know. Um, and in a way, it kind of makes me feel good because it shows how much I've matured. But in a way, it makes me feel sad because you got these guys that are... And, you know, not everybody, but a lot of it has to do with smoking dope. They Smoking dope... Actually, when you when you get older, it's, it seems to me, okay, and I think I've read this in other places, that when you start smoking dope, that's when you quit aging. I mean, mature, maturing in a, in a psychological sense and in a societal sense. And you, um, you remain at that age. And uh, I, I know guys that are my age and older that, you know, they... You mention something and they, they fly off the handle like a teenager would. You know, how dare you talk to me like that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and it could be just, I tend to talk to people, I ask questions, you know, instead of saying, you know, what you just did was stupid. I'll, I'll walk up and I'll say, you know, was that right? You know, or, you know, was I hearing things wrong or did I see things wrong or something like that? You know, I try to approach it to get people to think. You know, and if you can get a person to think, then then everything is usually okay. But when you're talking about dope smokers, liberals, and everything else, um, people that never had a right mind or lost their right mind when they were younger, um, they're a lot different. They they uh, they can't process things like an, a mature adult would. 
Um, the story I told yesterday about the grandfather throwing the gifts into the trees <laughs> so the grandkids could get their Christmas gifts, you know, um, is a perfect example. You know, it's like we're, you know, my generation now we're all getting older and we're supposed to be an example for the younger generations, okay? And then, you know, that generation will grow up and they're supposed to be an example for their younger generations and it goes on and on and on. And that's the way society has worked for thousands of years. And um, societies work out just fine when, when people act like that. But when you never grow up, you have no good um, things to pass on. You have no, uh, you don't have a good legacy to pass on, you know. And it's a shame because the next generation suffers because they think that what you're doing is normal. Either that or they realize it's wrong and they separate themselves from you. And that's a whole other tragedy, you know. So it's important that you set a good example. And if you're acting like a foolish teenager and you're 65 or 70 years old, you know, that's... You're not going to have any credibility with anybody. They might listen to you, but they're not going to do what you say um, because you're not living your life according to societal norms. Um, they're not going to respect you because they just see you as an old fool that never grew up. And, and, and it goes on and on and on, you know. Um, I'm sure every one of us, me and every one of you listening, um, has seen a person like that or been around a person like that. Maybe you're related to a person like that, you know, and um, you see a life wasted. Um, you see, some, you know, they're, they're never going to leave anything to this world that matters because they care so much about themselves that everything else is, is, um, is peripheral, you know. Um, everything else doesn't matter. Just what society can give you, what people can give you, and stuff like that. And, and we find this a lot with the COVID stuff. You know, it's not like nobody's humanitarian about it, especially the liberals. There's no humanitarian uh, involved in it. It's like, how can I protect myself? And maybe, how can I protect my family? Um, they might, A lot of times they pretend and want to protect their family, but it, they're not. They're, they're doing it for seeking self and personal gain and, and having a light shine on them so they look all brilliant. Anyway... Uh, enough with my little theories. Um, I want to... Uh, here we go again with the glasses. Okay. Hopefully, probably not this Monday, but the next Monday I'll have my new glasses and this will not be a problem, folks. Okay. So I hope this... Last night the um, the light on the screen turned me into Casper the Friendly Ghost. Um and I hope I didn't blind anybody. And if you're listening on the radio, um, you don't have to worry about that. But if you watch the show, it's uh, I was quite bright. I, I thought of uh, Michael Land and in uh, in um, he played an angel in some series he was in, and uh, he would always say, "I'm an angel," <laughs> you know. And then what's that one uh, with the gals, uh, Della Reese, and um, there was another gal. And she, all of a sudden, you'd see them get, get really bright, and she'd go, I'm an angel sent from God. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what I felt like last night, especially when I watched it again today. I was like, oh, man, can I do anything right? Um, so let's uh, let's look at a couple things, okay? And, and hopefully I won't be Casper. Um, so let's see what I want to do here. 
I think a lot of it had to do with, I, well, let's see. Oh, that might be okay. I wish they had like a night setting for this. Uh, so let's see. First thing I'm going to go to here is um, an article by the European Union Times. Okay, it looks like a pretty credible paper. Um, some of the ads they have along with it, but you know, a lot of times that's a um, a thing that the uh, the provider puts on there or the the site that they're using. And uh, but I'll just look to the left and not to the right. <laughs> Um, okay, so the article is, Liberalism is a Mental Order Akin to Schizophrenia, According to a New Study. It was posted by the EU Times on February 13, 2020, and uh, here we go. And you can find it at eutimes.net, okay? Okay, a new survey of more than 8,000 people has found that those who identify with left-wing political beliefs are more likely to have been diagnosed with a mental illness. Ann Coulter, see, here we go. Ann Coulter's liberalism mental, is a mental disorder catchphrase has become something of a cliche meme, but the data appears to support it. Carried out by the state, carried out by Slate Star Codex, the online survey collected a wealth of data from respondents about their education, demographics, lifestyle, and political views. The results show that people who occupy the farther left uh, end of the political spectrum are more likely to have been formally diagnosed with depression, borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, or schizophrenia. That's scary. And they have a graph here that it goes from left to right, and left is very liberal, extremely liberal, and right is very conservative. And it it shows... Um, 40% of the very conservative people, uh, very liberal people, excuse me, 42.5% um, of them um, were diagnosed with some kind of mental disorder. Um, then as you move up, it's 31 and 28. And then when you get away from the, and you get into the more moderate, it gets into the 23.2, then 21.7, and 19.9. And then um Center right is 17.7, and again 17.7, and then it gets. Uh, now we're working in a, the highly conservative here. Uh, then we get 22.9, and then 19.4 is the last one. So it's 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 a really interesting curve. It just curves right down, and uh, I don't think they call it a bell curve. I can't remember what kind of curve it is. Anyway, uh, it says in addition to the results. In addition, the results show that the highest percentage of respondents, 38%, who admit being diagnosed with forms of mental illness also identify as politically Marxist. In comparison, just 12.1% of conservatives say that they have been diagnosed with a mental disorder. Yep, and there's the graph. Let's see. All right. Um, all right, it's 14.6%. Conservative, it's 12.1%. Liberal, it's 18.4%. Um, libertarian is 154 And then you get the Marxist, and it's almost 40%, 38%. Um, then you go into uh, neo-revolutionary, and that's 19.5%. And then social democratic is 23.4%. So... By taking the poll, and it's, it pretty well shows. Anyway, 
While the survey is by no means scientific, it does give an insight into how disturbed people are more likely to be attracted to fringe leftist beliefs, uh, which in a lifestyle sense usually encourages degeneracy and lack of moral responsibility. See, they're teenagers that never grew up. Um, it's not a myth that left-wingers are more mentally ill, said conservative commentator um, Milo Yiannopoulos, and it's not a surprise that the Internet has elevated crazy people to with too much time on their hands at a center, central place in the natural course. The social web is a social, the F-word, catastrophe. Um, okay, so that's pretty interesting. Okay, I like graphs, and it's got graphs on there. It's got some questionable pictures in the breaking news uh, section, and also above. But um, sometimes you gotta walk through a swamp in order to get to where you're going. So, okay, this next article is from uh, the New York Post.com, and it was let's see. It's by an author, Danica Fears, and uh, the date of publish was June 9th, 2016, at 11.18 p.m. Okay, always cite your sources, folks. Even if you're writing stuff, cite sources because you're more, you look more credible when you do that, and you are more credible when you do that, and nobody likes to have their stuff used out of turn without proper credit. Okay. And the article is, says, science says liberals, not conservatives, are psychotic. Okay, turns out liberals are real authoritarians. A political science journal that published an off-sided uh, study claiming conservatives are more likely to show traits of associated with psych, psychotism now say that it got it wrong, very wrong. The American Journal of Political Science published a correction this year saying that the 2012 paper has an error and that the liberal politic beliefs, not the conservatives, are the ones that are actually linked to psychotism. Psychoticism. There we go. I knew I was saying that wrong. Um, quote, the interpretation of the coding of the political attitude items in the descriptive and preliminary analysis portion of the manuscript was exactly reversed the journal said in a startling conclusion or correction. And they again quote, the descriptive analysis report that those higher in Isenik's uh, psycho psychoticism, sorry, that word's hard for me to pronounce, are more conservative, but they're actually more liberal. And where the original manuscript reports those higher in neuroticism and social desirability are more liberal, they're in fact uh, more conservative. Yeah, neuroticism. Okay. Um, in the paper, psychoticism is associated with traits such as tough-mindedness, risk-taking, sensation-seeking, impulsivity, and authoritarianism. The social desirability scale measures people's tendency to answer questions in ways they believe would be, would please researchers, even if it means overestimating their positive characteristics and under, underestimating the negative ones. The erroneous report has been cited 45 times according to Thomson Reuters' Web of Science. Brad Verhulist, 
a Virginia Commonwealth University researcher and co-author of the paper, said he was not sure who was to blame, that is, for the mistake. Um, I don't know what he, he quote. I don't know what happened, how it happened, or where it happened. Um, all I know is that that it happened. He told Retraction Watch, a blog that tracks corrections in academic papers, it's our fault for not figuring it out before. And let's see. We continue. The journal said that the error doesn't change the main conclusions of the paper, which found that personality traits do not cause people to develop political attitudes. But Professor Stephen Lutke of the University of South Denmark, who pointed out the errors, told Retraction Watch that that they, quote, matter quite a lot. The erroneous results uh, represented some of the larger correlations between personality and politics ever reported. They were reported and interpreted repeatedly in the wrong direction, he said. And I think this is one of those places. That's the end of it, I guess. Okay, so again, another study showing that liberals are more ten, ten more to be um, a little on the um, psychiatric side. Okay, then there's another article by the Washington Times. Now, these are all kind of credible things, okay, and I'm surprised that the press is printing stuff like this. I think the Times is a more conservative paper anyway if there is such a thing. Um, and this is what white liberals more likely to have a mental health condition. And you ever notice that, like with, with Black Lives Matter, it's usually white people that are out there protesting for the most part. And I remember um, a lot of protests were that way. Um, a lot of times uh, white liberals seem to think that they have to get out there and champion the cause of others. And even with the... Um, Black Lives Matter. A lot of times, um, it was um, it was white uh, activists that were out there burning and painting on buildings. I remember one video showed this black lady, really nice lady, and she told this white liberal, you know, who was spray painting on buildings, "Black Lives Matter." She says, "You're not one of us. Why are you doing this? Get out of here. You don't belong here." You know, and so a lot of these people are uh, pot stirrers. Okay. Analysis and opinion of this article. White liberals are more prone to mental health disorders than individuals who identify as conservatives or moderates, according to the Pew Research Center. So this is a valid poll. 62% of whites who classify themselves as very liberal or liberal have been told that by a doctor that they have a mental condition as compared to 26% of conservatives and 20% of moderates, uh, the study found. Young white people who identify as very liberal are almost one and a half times more likely to report mental health problems than those who consider themselves liberal. Although the Pew study was published last year, Zach Goldberg, a doctoral candidate, consolidated the data on Twitter, which sparked a column by the news magazine Evie trying to distract what dissect what he actually is. Um, why this actually is, sorry. Mr. Goldberg speculated that the disparity may be because white liberals are more likely to seek um, mental health evaluations than other ideologies. Uh, this could be simple and true. This could be a simple and true answer. Yet there are a lot of drawbacks to believing in liberalism. The idea, the entire ideology forces its followers to wallow in feelings of helplessness and victimhood, Evie noted as opposed to building 
resiliency against hardship, which helps combat depression. Evie was also quick to point out how liberals may also be more susceptible to white guilt and savior narratives, which brings them down, especially given last uh, summer's continued Black Lives Matter riots. Misinformation may also be fueling their decline in mental health. Americans who identify as liberal or, or very liberal believe 1,000 or more unarmed black men were murdered by the police in 2019, according to the survey produced by Skeptic.com. In reality, only 12 were. Yet, this perception reinforces their belief in their white privilege and continues the self-loathing. Other polls show liberals have brought into the mainstream media panic porn surrounded, surrounding COVID-19 and more, more than the ideologies, the other ideologies, also causing them more stress and fear. The vast majority of Democrats overestimate the probability of being hospitalized or dying from COVID-19. Compared to other ideologies, a Gallup, a Gallup survey found, uh, there's only a 1 to 5% chance of somebody with COVID having to be hospitalized, yet 41% of Democrats believe there is greater than a 50% chance. Only 10% of Democrat respondents in the survey knew the correct answer. With all this information, it's not surprising why Democrats are afraid to take off their mask and after they've, uh, even after they've been vaccinated and why liberal, why, why liberal governors have been reluctant to reopen their states. It could also be another factor contributing to their mental decline. Okay. A lot of good stuff there. A lot of truth there, truth there too. And it is the, the white liberals that are, um, mainly concerned about COVID-19. They're the ones that'll tell you, mask on, mister, like that guy up in the pharmacy. Um, anyway, well, I blew through those articles pretty quick. Um, so, what conclusions do you come to? Um, you know, have you been involved with liberals that seem a little off, seem a little crazy? Um, I certainly have. I've worked with them. I've been around them. I've shopped in stores with them and everything else. And um, I don't know what to say. It's it's sad. It really is. I don't want to see a person in that state. But um, at the same time, my hat's crooked now. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, at the same time, um, you know, you, you can't help the way people are, you know. Um, and if you really want to start a firestorm, just tell them they're crazy. Uh, but don't do that because it's not a good idea. That was just uh, a metaphor, so to speak, or a simile. Um, anyway, so what do we do about this? Um, I think, first of all, it's, it's a proven fact that, so, sorry, folks, it's a proven fact that, um, if you send your kids off to college, um, you, they're going to come back different. And they're going to come back probably liberals, and uh, and they're going to have all whacked out ideas because these college professors, remember, they're they're communists and they they know how to to mold minds. I think it was Stalin that said, "If you give me um, a generation of young people, I can change the world." And by golly, it looks like that's what's happening, but uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, 
please don't send your kids to, to public college. Um, even Christian colleges have their problems. I know that a lot of uh, the guys I knew when I was young went to Christian colleges, not really to get an education, but to find a wife. And they all wanted to be pastors, you know. Um, I don't think they realize what the office of pastor actually requires. Um, so, um, you know, be careful with your children if, if, you know, they're still college age or even school age. And if they're in a school, if there's any chance at all that you can get them into um, homeschool, if you can homeschool them, or um, maybe a neighbor has a homeschool that they can sit in, uh, I don't know if that's legal or not, but, you know, you can look into it. Or um, send them to a good private school. Um, that might be a, a good way to do to go too. Um, but um, if, if I had a child that age, I would not send them anywhere. I would send them to trade school. Actually, um, a lot of these people that go to college, they get out of college, and what they've learned, it's not marketable, and they end up being fry cooks and uh, and stuff like that, and uh, barely earning minimum wage. Which is another thing now. That's up to $15 an hour here in Oregon, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, at least I was a tradesman. I, I started out as an electrician's helper, and I liked that. It was a fun job. Um, later on, I, I got in the Plumber Steamfitters Union down in California, and that was an even more fun job. And uh, I really enjoyed that. The money was very good. If, if you're really skilled and you're really a people person, can get along with the, all the other, you know, um, a lot of unions are combined unions. Like our, my union was plumbers and steam fitters. And the uh, the plumbers didn't like the steam fitters and the steam fitters didn't like the plumbers. So there were often conflicts. If there was a plumber running the union, the plumbers worked and the steam fitters didn't work as much. And it was the opposite way around. If there was a fitter and, and a, a union president then the fitters worked a lot and the plumbers didn't. So um, you really have to be a flexible person to be able to put up with both of them. you got to be able to get along with both camps, which is uh, really hard. <laughs> it really is. Um, but uh, the trades are definitely good. Uh, carpenter's a good trade, plumber, pipe fitter, electrician. Um, carpenters tend to work more. Because, well, I don't know, when there's a housing boom, they, they, work, they tend to work more. But um, I don't know. It's just I was able to understand, when I went to nursing school, I was able to understand um, the nervous system of the body and basically every part of the body because I knew electricity and I knew plumbing. That's basically what your body is. It's run by electricity, and electricity runs basically everything. Um, your brain is just a giant computer that sends uh, commands to all your nerves, and that's electronics, right? And um, and the rest of the body is a digestive system or works off the, of what the digestive system does. So, you know, you got electrical, electronics, and plumbing right there. <laughs> um so, you know, sending them to a trade school, they're going to probably do far better than if you send them to college. And and you could, you know, they're not going to get perverted or corrupted by um, teachers in a trade school. They might be swayed towards liberalism by the way of a union, but uh, you can always deal with that. 
you know, you can point out the flaws of a union in 10 minutes and uh, just tell them to be careful about it. The union is not your life. Your life is your life. And um, so anyway, that's that's one, one answer what you can do. If, if you're working with liberals, well, you just got to put up with it or find another job. <laughs> um, or if you're old enough, retire. I just got tired of the constant haranguing, you know. Um, we there's this one nurse that you know if there's a, a king of schmucks this guy was it and um, he was just he was evil <laughs> that's all there is to it um, and he just made life for a lot of people miserable there are, uh, us conservatives we would kind of try to keep quiet and under the radar if we wanted to talk to each other we'd call each other into another room or something so that nobody could hear us. You know, but the liberals were out there, oh, yeah, Trump this, Trump that, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, you know, if you don't have the decorum to keep quiet. And when you're talking like that in front of psychiatric patients, it's not helping them. And, uh, you know, this guy's supposed to be a nurse and taking care of people, and he can't even take care of himself, and he can't take care of his fellow staff members. So, you know, where's the all the glory in that? Where's the, the honor? And... Uh, Anyway, it's things like that that led me to want to retire. I, I just don't want to be involved in all that crap anymore. Um, you don't like Trump? You don't like Trump. Just keep your mouth shut. I kept my mouth shut for eight years about Obama. I mean, at work, you know, online. I was I was quite active. But, um, you know, when you're in an interpersonal relationships like at work or at school and stuff like that, it's best to keep quiet about things. Um, so, anyway, we're coming up on the hour mark, and I think I pretty well said that what I wanted to say and read what I wanted to read and told the stories I wanted to tell. And um, so I think I'm going to call it a, an evening. It's, I might get to bed at a decent hour tonight, although I've got to upload this and do a bunch of stuff, so I really don't want to stay on much longer. So, anyway... Um, today is Thursday, so we got the weekend coming up, and then Gordy Tong will be on on Monday. Uh, if you're into Patreon, visit us on Patreon, if you don't mind, and, uh, if you're so led, uh, and you want to help the cause, help the radio show out, that's great. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, I was trying to think if there was anything else. I don't think there is. So, uh, again, keep us in your prayers, because, uh, you know, uh, things are getting kind of rough financially, but, you know, it's that's life, right? Um, but prayers are free, you know, and they don't take much time. So if you remember us, that would be great. And, um, well, until we meet again, um, I'm going to say adios, ladies and gentlemen. And may you be truly blessed and have a great weekend. I hope that it's nice and sunny and warm where you are and that you're able to get out and enjoy things um, in what still is partially free America. So that having been said, uh, have a good day. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be unto you. In Yeshua's name. Good night.